Composer Felix Mendelssohn wrote a letter to his brother in October of 1830 after arriving in Florence. The day before yesterday, I was tired of all the paintings, statues, and museums, and so decided to go walking from 12 until sundown, bought myself a bouquet of tazzettas and heliotropes, and climbed up through the vineyards into the hills. It was one of the most pleasant walks I have ever taken. You can't help feeling refreshed and enlivened when you see all of nature around you, and thousands of happy thoughts were floating around in my head. Then I went to a chateau from where you can see all of Florence and the wide valley, and where I took great pleasure in the rich city and the thick towers and palaces, but mostly in the countless white farmhouses which covered all of the mountains and hills as far as the eye could see, as if the city were spreading out all the way across the mountains into the distance. And when I took the telescope and looked through the blue haze down into the valley, everything was still covered densely with white farmhouses and bright dots, and I felt at home and comforted in the middle of such an immeasurably broad panorama of dwellings. Then I walked far across the hills to the highest spot that I saw on which there was a tower, and as I arrived I found everyone in the whole building occupied with making wine, drying grapes and mending casks. It was Galileo's tower where he used to conduct all his experiments and make his discoveries. Looking down from above, there was another wide panorama, and the young girl who led me up to the top of the tower told me a heap of stories in dialect which I hardly understood, and then gave me some of her sweet, dry wine grapes afterward, which I gobbled up with great virtuosity. And thus I continued on to another tower which I had seen, but couldn't quite find my way there, looking all the while at my map, and in so doing walked into someone who was also peering constantly at his map. I went from there to some gardens and saw the most beautiful moonlight that evening. Then you will certainly agree that the walk was invigorating. I shall write about the pictures another time, for it has grown late, and I still have to take my leave of my Venus, which is divinely beautiful. words of composer Felix Mendelssohn in a letter to his brother from Florence in 1830. This is a musical letter to all of us from Felix Mendelssohn, reflecting the delights of his experiences in Italy. It's his symphony number four, known as the Italian Symphony. And it's one of the works to be featured in the 2023-2024 season of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic. Oh yes, we'll also stroll along the Champs-Élysées with George Gershwin. They're calling the season Beyond Imagination, A Musical Journey. And Nancy Sanderson, executive director of the Philharmonic, paid a visit to the WVIA studios to provide us with an itinerary. We evaluate as we go each season and how audience receive certain pieces and 
what the appetite is in our community and we try to balance that craving with things that we would like to introduce our community to. So there's always a balance between the well-known and the new. And one of the things that we were thrilled about last season was that our audience was so open to listening to the music of living composers and music that they'd never heard before. And when you program that, you're always worried, will people receive this well? Will they keep an open mind? Will they hear new sounds and dismiss the piece? And we found just the opposite. They were great. We had a living composer with us, and they asked him so many questions and became so involved in the whole process that we realized that that's something we're keeping because it was such a good experience for everyone involved. So that's one way that we choose a a program. We think about, for instance, what pieces feature what instruments of each family of the orchestra. And so this year we thought about strings a lot because we have three new cellists who auditioned and we want to have a, a program that features our string section this year a lot. And, of course, our new concertmaster, Rutel Mao, who is phenomenal. And so we took that into consideration. And then we took into consideration how much the audience loved the John Williams concert last year. It was it was over the top. <laughs> That's all I could say. It was so crowded in the in the concert hall. That was the FM Kirby Center. And the applause and the enthusiasm was just palpable. So we thought, how can we do something as great this year? And uh, I'll tell you more about it later, but I'm real excited. That will be our third Pops concert. And we're, we're ready to top John Williams. We remember, don't we, that you did begin last season with a Pops concert. Yes, and we are again this year as well. You know, it's it's funny. I read a letter that was written by a gentleman who is in the Harrisburg Symphony Board of Directors, and he wrote to the community and he said, give symphony music a try. And he talked about how symphony music was never a part of his upbringing. He never had instrument lessons, nothing, and how... He gradually learned not only how much he loved it, but learned more about what he was listening to. And um, now he is just so hooked and he's very much involved in supporting their orchestra. And so when we start with a Pops concert, it's our invitation. Try something new. You know, give symphonic music a try. Start with this. And then we'll take you to places you didn't think you were going to get to. (laughs) What is the focus then of that opening celebration? Well, it's not solely the music of Motown, but it's soul music. And when I was reading the song titles to our board of directors, they were cheering and clapping. I am so tightly fit into a box. I know classical music, and I, I have to confess that I don't always know titles, even though I did love Motown. However, what is very well known to everyone of all ages will be programmed on this soul music concert. 
And we're bringing in a, a group called Jeans and Classics, which is one of the top groups for this kind of a production. And Gavin Hope is the lead vocalist who is just a superstar. And so it's it will be a very exciting evening. It's at the FM Kirby Center. And I did want to say that every concert this year will start at 7.30. We used to begin our performances at 8 o'clock. And because of an overwhelming response on a survey that we sent out to patrons, we have backed up the time to 7.30 so that people can get home earlier. Now, will Melise be conducting the Motown concert? Oh, yes. She loves this music. That's one of the things that makes people so enthusiastic about her is that she's open to all kinds of music. And yeah, she'll she'll be up there really grooving with everyone else. <laughs> and that's at the end of September. September 29th. Yep. It's a Friday night. It's a good way to start a weekend and uh, super uplifting. And we hope to see a lot of people there. The Pops 2 is our traditional holiday concert. And... You know, we try to mix it up every year. And this year, Melise did the planning. This is Melise's program. And I say that because I know our, our audience has grown to trust her judgment on what their ears will want and what will get them in the mood for the season. And so this is Melise's baby, and we're excited about it. The third POPs program is going to be an all-Gershwin program, and we're really excited about it for a number of reasons. First of all, we're doing an American in Paris, and everyone remembers American in Paris for the fantastically difficult, virtuosic car horn part. And it's a program that, of course, is accessible to adults and to even the youngest child. It's quite remarkable in that it, it just always holds your imagination. And in this age of cell phones and gaming and things, we are concerned about shortened attention spans. And yet this music does not have that challenge. We're also doing Rhapsody in Blue and thrilled that our soloist will be NEPA's own Ron Stabinski. And that's a household name here. And Ron is a fantastic classical pianist, uh, but also has jazz chops that are quite phenomenal. And to hear it performed by someone who is equally comfortable and well-versed in both mediums is, is just a treat. I've heard Ron play Rhapsody in Blue before, and honestly, I have never heard anyone else's Rhapsody like Ron's. It's his own take on Rhapsody, and it's, it's fantastic. And then finally, we're doing some excerpts from Porgy and Bess. It's an arrangement done by a very famous arranger, Robert Russell Bennett. And so it's not the whole length of the, the show. It is probably a 30-minute piece. And we have some fabulous soloists coming in to sing the roles of Porgy and Bess and the Mary Wood Concert Choir under the direction of Rick Offenberg. So what could be better? And, you know, I remember my own immersion into live symphonic music, and I started by listening to Broadway musicals. 
And I've always loved Broadway musicals, but as I grew, my tastes became broader. And I, I say this without an ounce of snobbery, but they became more sophisticated. And so I began to listen to symphonic music and then opera. And now all of them are in my repertoire of favorites. And so we start with uh, soul music and we move to holiday music, which is a mix of some of the classics like Handel's Alleluia to, you know, Sleigh Ride and things like that. And we finally graduate to Gershwin Pops concert. So it's just a journey, which happens to be the theme of this year's concert season. It's beyond imagination, a musical journey, because we hope to take you to musical places that you didn't imagine. That's so appropriate as we talk about the Masterworks series and the very special coincidence of anniversaries for yeah. the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic and WVIA Radio, 50 years for each of us. And it seemed fitting for us to celebrate these institutions in our region. And we have a wonderful program in November that will do just that, celebrate what we each bring to the region. That's right. That's right. And I wish we could take credit for the idea. But in fact, a, a very good friend of mine named Erica Funky had the idea. Do you happen to know her? <laughs> <laughs> Erica came up with just the brilliant idea of having a piece commissioned that would honor the 50th anniversaries of both WVIA and the Philharmonic. And she has a very close relationship with the composer Paul Salerni. And so conversations started with Paul even before the Philharmonic got into the act. And then finally, when there was a vision in WVIA's mind, they began to talk with us about this project. And, you know, we've been hooked from the very beginning. It's just, it's so exciting. And Paul's vision is exciting. He wants to include high school singers and high school string players in the hopes that they increase their love of live symphonic music and that we build bridges into the future of, of classical music and live performances. And so he wrote this piece. And what we didn't anticipate, which is even more exciting, is that the first time we listened to it, we realized that it's a piece that's accessible by children as well as adults. And it's like a sophisticated Peter and the Wolf. And the story is a delightful piece of Italian folklore. And, you know, it involves a violin player and a witch and all the, the elements of a great story, great old Italian story. And the narrator, of course, is Erica Funky, who is, uh, you know, we all know that her voice and her expression and love of literature make her the perfect narrator. So all the pieces of the puzzle fit so perfectly together for this project. And so we're, we're excited to do it. And the more we talk about it, the more we realize that the whole community is a, a part of this project. And it's not just inviting people to a show, opening the doors at 7.30 and come, hear it, and we're done. Everyone's involved in the planning and recording and, and listening and 
it's become a community project. It's really evolved into something that I don't think anyone would have anticipated when this idea started. So well put, Nancy, and I'm humbled and, and honored to be able to speak these words. These words were written by Dana Joyo. He right. took the story that was collected by Paul Salerni. Dana Joyo was one-time chair of the National Endowment for the Arts. He's an award-winning poet. He was California's Poet Laureate, and Paul and Dana worked together very closely. So as soon as Paul thought he would have a chance to do this, he said, well, I'll ask Dana to see if he'll create the story in words. So these are words of an award-winning poet. And as you suggest, Nancy, it's an enchanting story. And we're so pleased and proud to be partnering with all of you on this. And as you put it so well, the community at large. And we hope that as Peter and the Wolf and those other pieces, Carnival of the Annals, this will have a life like that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do believe that that's the potential of this project. And you talked about the journey that we'll be taking in this season. And because this is an Italian fable, you are taking us to Italy in other ways on this program. That's right. We're opening the concert with the William Tell Overture, and we're closing it with Mendelssohn's Italian Symphony. And again, those are perfect pieces for young people to listen to. And we encourage all of our patrons and good friends to think about a young person whose life might change by attending a concert such as this. Also, on our second Masterworks program, we'll be doing predominantly a string program, but there's so many different aspects to that program. There's the Bach Double Concerto, and those of you who were at the concert last year at Abington Heights heard Katia Mueller play a violin concerto, and she is quite remarkable. She's 19 years old, and she's already played with some major symphonies, and with a track record like hers at such an early age, we suspect that she's got a very big performing schedule in her future. Joining her will be Rutel Mao, our concertmaster, and together those two will be just so remarkable in the Bach Double Concerto. So we're thrilled about that, and we'll be doing Elgar's Serenade for Strings, which is just, it's just a touching piece. It's, it's so beautiful. And Britain's Simple Symphony, which is so playful and fun, and yeah, it's, it's definitely a feel-good piece. And then Telemann's Don Quixote, and I never thought about Telemann as being playful and a bit of a prankster, but this particular piece brings out that side of Telemann completely. And we thought that we might augment this hidden side of Telemann by having someone come in and reading from Don Quixote so that people can hear when he's chasing a windmill or when he's falling in love or when he's facing his demons. And so we will invite someone soon and uh, bring that particular piece and music to life. And then, you know, we also are talking about, and this is fresh off of the last phone conversation I had with Melise, but a very dear friend of the orchestra who is an oboist, uh, his name is Bert Luca Raleigh. And Bert was our first soloist back in 1972. And they, they hired this man to come in and play. I mean, it was a newly formed orchestra, and he literally christened the group. And 
Bert took an interest in our orchestra and continued to come back and give master classes and play every once in a while and donate. He was very generous with the orchestra financially, and he made friends in the area, like Sandra Myers is a very close friend with Bert. And Bert passed on a few weeks ago, and we would like to celebrate his rich and just extraordinary life by having one of his students who is in our orchestra play a small solo with string orchestra. And it's so fitting because Bert had a double life as a soloist and one as a teacher, and people traveled from all over the world to study with Bert. And that we have a former Bert Lucarelli student in our orchestra speaks volumes for the quality of our oboe section and his teaching. So it's, it's just very appropriate that she would be the one playing the solo. He lived a, a rich life and just touched so many lives that there's only reason to celebrate. So that's a special program. Yes. And then for our third Masterworks, you know, we wanted to do something special to celebrate Rachmaninoff's birthday. And we started off thinking that we would celebrate it by having someone come in and do the Rachmaninoff uh, piano concerto. And we started researching pianists, and we got our hearts set on inviting a pianist named Yin Wang to come in and play. And when we started listening to her discography, we listened to her play Tchaikovsky, the first piano concerto, and we were so excited by it, we just scrapped our initial plans and invited her to come and play Tchaikovsky. So Zhanyin will be joining us, and then back to plan B, we'll be doing Rachmaninoff's Sublime Symphony Number no. 2. So that is a powerhouse of a Masterworks 3 concert, and again, it's a journey beyond imagination. There's just no way that someone can anticipate the emotions and the power and everything that they're going to experience from listening to these two pieces of music. What month is that? That will be June 1st, Saturday, June 1st. And as if that were not enough, then you feature the wonderful members of the orchestra. Yeah, it's interesting to note that in the past, for about probably 10 years, Pascal Archer, who is our principal clarinet player, was the mastermind behind our chamber music series. And Pascal took a step down so that he could work on his particular project, which is the Exponential Ensemble. It's a small chamber group operating in New York City. And so we asked a violinist in our orchestra named Sasha Margolis to take over. And We asked him because he has such an open mind about different music and he knows so many musicians and he's so well connected, not only in New York City, but he plays in the Glimmerglass Opera and he plays in lots of festivals. And we thought he would be a a great choice. But what we didn't know is that he has already been the mastermind behind lots of chamber music series. So he knows the literature really well, and he knows what people are really strong in. And so he just couldn't wait to get to work. I did want to mention to you that when our musicians come to town, they don't just drive to the rehearsal hall, rehearse, go grab a bite, perform, and drive home. Many of them are playing in senior citizen centers, 
Many of them are going to libraries and reading for our Once Upon an Orchestra series, where we put childhood classic literature to music. One of our musicians reads a story while the others perform so that the story comes to life through music. Other musicians are going out into the schools and doing music in our schools. So there is a, a love of the community and a real interest in reaching out. Nancy Sanderson, Executive Director of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic, speaking with us about the 2023-2024 season, titled Beyond Imagination, A Musical Journey. The season will conclude on June 1st with this piece. Symphony Number no. 2 by Rachmaninoff. The music world has been marking the 150th anniversary of the birth of Rachmaninoff, and this is the celebration on the part of the Philharmonic of the great composer. The season opens with the PNC Pops concert titled On the Soul Train, and as we heard, it's Motown and more Smokey Robinson songs, Steve Wonder, Isaac Hayes, and so much more. And you're expected to be dancing in the aisles. That's Friday, September 29th at 7.30 p.m. at the FM Kirby Center in downtown Wilkes-Barre. The season is rich, it's full, and you can find out all the details at NEPA. Phil.org, N-E-P-A-P-H-I-L.org. And again, we want to call attention to the first Masterworks concert of the season, and that's on November 4th. And it is the world premiere of a commission from Paul Salerni, a distinguished award-winning composer. He has created a piece titled Palma for narrator, young string players, and chorus and orchestra. The piece will have its world premiere in Scranton on November 4th to pay tribute to the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic on its 50th anniversary and WVIA radio. And we hope you'll join us for the world premiere to celebrate the community and music and the wonderful chance to bring young and old together Again, for more information on the 2023-2024 season of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic Beyond Imagination, a musical journey under the direction of Melis Brunet. Melis Brunet. And again, that website, nepaphil.org.